This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hi, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and you're about to listen to a brand new episode of High Jinx. My guest today is a friend I've admired for a very long time, and this is actually our first time talking with voices, because that's the kind of world we live in now. You can be friends with someone for years, and you've only spoken on Instagram, but you know what? We roll with the punches in the future. I mean, now, I'm getting off track. It's Patrick Church, everybody. Multimedia artist Patrick Church. And I tell you, you you may know how I dress. My fashion sense is yoga witch, um, goth mom. Uh, but Patrick Church's designs are so gorgeous, so unapologetically queer. Um, his artwork is so beautiful and genuine to who he is. I think you're really going to like our conversation about how queerness is represented in fashion, um, how he got his start being a, being an Oxford born Brit who now is best known in New York city. All of that today on Hi Jinx. So buckle up, hunker down and sink your teeth into some brand new Hi Jinx. Oh. M. Mom! Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by British pretty boy and multimedia artist Patrick Church. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Jinx. Hi, I took a stab there. Do you identify as a British pretty boy or was... <laughs> I wouldn't say pretty, but yes, a British boy. I didn't know if you knew I was going to be English because that people are always shocked. They think I'm American. It's because your Instagram handle is Patrick Church NYC. NY, yeah. NY, sorry. NY. I the C. Do not at Patrick Church NY. Do not add the C. Um... I'm going to start off by admitting something embarrassing, but I think it's okay. um, I think it's a perfect way to get us talking about your artwork. Um, okay. I have used you as an icebreaker multiple times. I know Grindr. what you're going to say. On Grindr, because 
<laughs> because I'll see oh. um I'll see hotties on Grinder wearing Patrick Church and I'll start the message like saying like oh you look great in those Patrick Church swim oh, trunks or my God. and when I'm I I I think I've only done this twice and I'm embarrassed to admit this part but when I I think this was early on and then I went oh no that's too cringe I can't do that anymore but I I think I I think at once I said um <laughs> You look so great in my friend Patrick Church's car. Ah! <laughs> oh my god! Like really name dropping on Grinder like that, but that is too funny. So are lots of people on Grinder wearing the clothes because I don't Absolutely. have Grinder. Absolutely, that is oh. fantastic. <laughs> oh my god, that's grinder. a great icebreaker. No, I don't have Grinder. <laughs> I'm married. I know yes. I am too. <laughs> oh, I feel Different like I should download Grinder though for um. For models or something to, to <laughs> scout models. Yeah. Um, well, let me say, lots, lots, and lots of people are wearing Patrick Church on Grinder, and that is where I want to start. Your clothing is so mm. unapologetically queer, and yes. it's my, it's why I love it. Okay, so people who know me know that I wear like. Black yoga pants, <laughs> black stretch <laughs> pants, black leotards, or a black blousey top, and that's it. That's like my daily uniform. That's your uniform. Yeah. And the only okay. time that I break away from that uniform is when I'm wearing Patrick Church, because I love your clothing so much. Thank you. I love that so, um, uh, almost all of it is gender neutral, um, yes. And if it isn't, it's, <laughs> I, I can't think of any of your clothing that's gender specific. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember when you, um, I think one of the first times I saw one of your designs was uh, a swimsuit cut like a traditional female one piece swimsuit, mm -hmm. but it was Aquaria wearing it um, yeah. out of drag. And there was this moment, and even as queer as I am, and you know, mm. as a trans femme non-binary person, sure. I, I even had this moment of like, that's Aquaria out of drag wearing a women's swimsuit. It looks amazing. Why don't more why don't more male presenting people wear this style of swimsuit or onesie or singlet or whatever it's called? Yes. It it really kind of like rocked my world and it's something so simple and something, I don't want to say I was scandalized by it, but I had this aha moment, even at like, you know, however old I was in my thirties, queer mm. as fuck. I was like, why, why don't male presenting people wear Yeah, why don't we fuck style? it up a bit more? Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, what inspires you in your clothing and... Um, what, if your clothing had a mission statement, what would it be? I think like, um, I always felt quite alone when I was growing up and, and, um, not really part of anything. So the mission statement for me and, and the brand, I guess, is to sort of build a family of like a queer family and, uh, sort of uplift everyone that, that wears the, wears the clothing. I feel like Initially, it was so much uh, like more about me and uh, my journey of like exploring my creativity. But now I think it's so much more about the people wearing the, the clothing. Like it's so amazing to see everyone wearing it. And I tried to share everyone sort of uh, mm -hmm. wearing it. And it really feels like it's something bigger than me now. And I think that's super important. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> I recently wore my Patrick Church um, singlet, uh, singlet cut swimsuit to the beach. Yes. And I have to tell you, it's like... How um, did it go down? Oh, it was great. It was too windy for me to get in the water, but I was wearing okay. the swimsuit. And that's the important thing. But yeah. for me, you know, like, um, I never f- quite even, you know, even when I was more male presenting, even when I was at my thinnest, I never felt quite comfortable wearing, um, you know, like just swim trunks as a, as, as a swimsuit. But then there's this whole thing of like, if you're a male presenting person wearing a shirt, mm. you know, there's this like implication yeah. that you're hiding something or, or, or why are you uncomfortable? Yes. There's a part of me that feels like, and I got to say, you, you can kind of see it on all stars, but I, maybe it's maybe it's the way that I see myself. Maybe it's my own feminine identity. But I don't always want my nipples out, you know. Totally. <laughs> I don't want and I feel to stand at my tits all the yes. time. Yes. So to have a swimsuit um, that you know defies how we were conditioned to believe swimsuits Completely. have to be based on your genitalia. Um, I just think it's cool. I just think it's. Your 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 clothing designs are just really fucking cool, but Thank it doesn't you. it doesn't stop at clothing. Like um, I see <laughs> behind you, yeah, um, it's the same pattern on my silk pajamas. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's um, talk about your artwork. <laughs> sure. So uh, the pattern behind me on the walls, uh, mm-hmm. it's I guess it's kind of like my monogram. I was thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> it's almost like the Louis Vuitton monogram, but it's it's. <laughs> Um, a piece of artwork I created when I just moved to New York. So about, I think it was about six years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I felt so lonely in in such a big city, and I didn't know, sort of, I didn't know anyone. I'd never been to New York before, and I'd moved there to to be with my husband. And this is like six years ago. We got married, mm-hmm. um, and I was just doodling, and I ended up sort of creating all these like faces and bodies and connecting them somehow. And I just sort of kept repeating this pattern subconsciously, and it kind of just turned into turned into a thing that I realized I could put onto lots of different <laughs> surfaces. So, um, yeah, I the first collection I ever made was completely hand painted everything, and. Um, this pattern was on it and it's just something that's uh, sort of carried through uh, and I like to keep sort of uh, exploring it changing the colors the scale and I think I'll always do it but um mm. yeah the artwork sort of for me is so separate for the clothing like it's a mm. lot more personal and um I sort of show my feelings through my artwork because I'm really bad at talking about my emotions and how I feel but um the fashion side of things I like to have a lot more fun with and sort of keep it whimsical and a little bit more lighthearted but I think (laughs) it's good to have the duality of both yeah well your designs um they they don't just exist on clothing I've seen like I don't know if they were staged for you know photographs or I mean I've seen entire part apartments in yeah. your designs <laughs> and it's absolutely stunning it's it's Thank breathtaking you. to see all the because all of your designs are so vivid 
um, all of your art is so vivid and you'd think it would be too much altogether, but it's kind of, it's almost like it's it's, subtle. It's kind of subtle. It's like monochromatic, except instead of one color, it's, you know, this, uh, design, uh, this art style, um, Mm. everywhere. And it kind of just like, takes it, it takes your breath away to see it all together yes. like that um yeah if listeners want to see examples um it's all on your instagram it's at patrick church ny <laughs> with no c <laughs> with no c yes. um so uh you grew up you were born and raised in oxford united kingdom no i was born in oxford no. but i grew up I, yeah, no, I, I was born in Oxford, but I grew up in the con- in the middle of the countryside in in the United Kingdom. <laughs> Can you tell yeah. us what the countryside is like for Americans? Because we hear country, and we I get know. a specific idea. What's country My mean in, <laughs> in the yeah. UK? Like the rolling hills, Wuthering Heights, Cape Bush <laughs> kind of vibes. No, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Like it really is, and I am a country girl at heart, but um it's it's very pretty it's very old like very very old lots of fields um but it's kind of boring and conservative and me growing up there uh, I always stood out so I don't know it was very pretty but um yeah I don't know it's very different to American country though yeah do you think um do you think growing up in these rolling hills, um, what kind of an impact has it had on your artwork? Um, it, it, it almost feels like if I were to uh, interpret the story, if I was like starting to construct a play about the life sure. of Pat- Patrick Church, it would be about mm. feeling stifled in the countryside and then your expression has to burst out of you through your artwork. Was it something like that? <laughs> kind of. I mean, I grew up in a really, sort of um, unconventional family like my mum and my dad are very open and super loving and have you watched Absolutely Fabulous? Girl my entire it, drag persona is based off of Adina Adina! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So my mum <laughs> reminds me so much of Adina Monsoon and mm-hmm. I uh, just very um over the top and super glamorous. So I had that kind of, uh, at home, I was always sort of allowed to, encouraged to be myself. I think my mum made me a tutu for my second birthday. <laughs> they wanted me to, I, I mean, I was playing with like Barbies and makeup and um, super creative, but outside of the safe space of home, it was kind of a different story. And I always felt so different because it was uh, like quite a conservative area where I grew up. And um, I quickly realized like at a young age, uh, like, okay, you're, you're very different. So I <laughs> used my creative, <laughs> I used my creativity as sort of an escape, which I think most people uh, that are creative yeah. and in my kind of situation would do. Um, but I think as I got older, like in my teenage years, I just started to get really frustrated with like where I was and kind of angry and um, just always feeling so uncomfortable and so different. And I used, uh, I kind of rebelled like a lot and I used my <laughs> artwork. <laughs> like I, I just kind of wanted to shock and yeah. uh, I kind of love that like British punk mentality. <laughs> and 
yeah I kind of I didn't really take any of it so seriously until I was uh in my 20s I kind of just wanted to go out and have fun like I'd go out in London when I was like 14 to different gay bars and like I just wanted to have a crazy yeah (laughs) like 14 and my friends were like 13 or 14 we'd (laughs) sneak into sneak into the bars at like 12 in the afternoon because they wouldn't check IDs then and then (laughs) we'd drink all day and then at like sort of 10 p.m the club would be a bit more popping and we'd like we'd have a great time for a couple of hours and get the last train home but um I think like uh yeah it was definitely uh isolating growing up there but I as soon as I could I moved to London so when I was 18 I left school, uh, went straight to London, went to college a couple of times, but dropped out because <laughs> I was a crazy bitch. Because it's not bitch. for everyone. Because it's not no, for everyone. No, <laughs> it wasn't. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be an artist and I knew that was the only thing that I could do. And I just had to find a way to do it. But it was yeah. definitely a struggle. Yeah. Um. So... Speaking of that British punk mentality, are you more oh. of a Sid, Sid Vicious or a Johnny Rotten? <laughs> oh, I love Sid Vicious. Yeah, I love them both. I think I'm more of a Vivian Westwood. Okay, okay. Yeah. Perfect. Like answer. the leader of the punks. <laughs> With her beautiful orange hair. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's talk about um, you moved to New York. Uh... So, so I I lived in London for a few mm-hmm. years, and I was honestly I'm not going to sit here and be like I was so creative and stuff. I was not creative. I just wanted to go out all mm-hmm. the time, have a wild time, and I did, and I had some amazing times. Um, yeah. And then I ended up moving to Paris for a year, which was really fun. Oh la la. Oh la la. <laughs> And I do managed to French? do a show there. No, I don't speak French, but I have French boyfriends. So Okay, okay. So you had and after to a translate. bottle of wine, I could after a bottle of wine I could speak French. <laughs> but I'm sober now. So um yeah, I don't drink anymore. But uh so I lived in Paris for a year and when I was in Paris I managed to uh get a gallery show of my paintings. So that was like kind of the first mm. foray into me thinking that I could maybe do this and um so I did the show in Paris and then I moved back to London and I managed to uh get an art show there and so I started painting like a lot more but I was still going out like a lot and Mm -hmm. it just wasn't my priority like I really wanted to I guess have fun but in the end it didn't really feel like much fun so (laughs) um well you know sowing those wild oats are important you know I think I think so I, I I truly do think it's important because it's like uh as someone who's sober from alcohol myself um yeah I guess the term is California sober because I still use weed it's really just you know I, we've I, all got to have something <laughs> <right>? exactly <laughs> 
Um, I don't really mess with anything else. It's just weed and then, you know, every couple of years, maybe a, a polite little mushroom trip, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think... I, I oftentimes say there's a part of me that wishes I had quit drinking sooner, but I'm I, I'm glad that I had my years of just having fun and partying, even though I was balancing it with work, you know. Of course. Um, I basically, straight out of college, was working full-time as an entertainer or a janitor, whatever was paying the bills. Yeah. And, and then it wasn't long after college that Drag Race happened, so I was really thrust into things pretty quickly after college, and mm. I was working to put myself through college, so I never really had those party years. So there's a part of me that's like, my life has really taken this positive turn since quitting drinking and stepping back from partying, but I don't regret having those years because you learn so no. much about yourself, you, you know, when you, you let do. yourself go like that. <laughs> yes, completely. And you have so many uh, crazy experiences that I think I definitely still draw from creatively, like uh, my lowest of lows that, you know. Oh, absolutely. You need them sometimes. I mean, half of my comedy material is based off my messy years, you know? I needed those messy years or I wouldn't have any material right totally. now. Totally. Yeah, um, I feel the same then, way. I also, you know, um, I also think that there's... You don't want to, like, find later in life that you have a resentment towards your work because you didn't get to have the same kind of experiences that so many other young people have. You know, there was a part of me that was, like, sometimes mm. when I was, like, really driven by my career and of I was missing out on things with friends because I was like, no, I... I've got to be all work all the time. You don't yes. want to end up in your mid-30s or your 40s and feeling like, mm. wow, I really like, I really didn't celebrate my youth when I had the chance. Yes. You know? <laughs> Completely. I think it's always about trying to find a balance, but I, I'm really bad at that because I'm <laughs> such a sort of everything or nothing person. So it's either Same. like work, 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 or I don't want to do any work. I just want to relax, you know. But I think it's just a journey. Like, yeah. yeah. It's all about finding it out for yourself. And the best way to figure things out for yourself is to, um, you know, explore yourself, whatever that means. <laughs> Completely. Um, yeah. When I, I remember, like, the first time I ever got drunk, I think I was, I think I was 13. And I, I said to myself, I was like, I know that this is going to be an issue for me one day. And I never, I was sat in the toilet um, and the room was sort of spinning, but I was like, I feel so good, but you know, one day you're going to have to stop this. And <laughs> I think, so I got to, I got sober when I was 25 and I, uh, I really wanted to for a few years before that. And it was just time. So I went from like, so I moved back from Paris to London I did uh, an art show and things just sort of felt like there was a little bit more momentum around my work. And I just felt like I had a bit more of a drive to sort of really go for, go for my dream. I've never been very confident. Uh, I've never felt that confident. So I just really wanted to go for it. And around the same time, um, I met my husband on Instagram and <laughs> he persuaded me to go. Uh, he used to work for a big Italian fashion brand and he, uh, he lived in New York, but used to travel to Italy, and he asked me to go and see him there. And I, I was a bit nervous, but and I said no the first time, and then I went the second time to Florence, and we spent like a week together. 
And I like sort of fell madly in love with him. And then he persuaded me to come to New York to to see him. And I went to New York, I think six years ago, and I never came back. We got married, <laughs> had a crazy love affair. And um, yeah, I got sober uh, straight after I got married. <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> And then, no, it, the the sort of, uh, he helped me start the brand from like the bedroom floor, basically, because I was in, in New York and I had no idea what to do. And I was like, well, what do I do here if I stay? And he was like, he had seen my work before he'd seen me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know what? Just make a small collection of clothes. Um, so I took, I think I took six months and every weekend we go to different vintage, st- uh, vintage shops, like thrifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just sort of really uh, had time to create without um, any noise. And I made this small collection of clothes and um, decided to, we launched it and a friend uh, wore a pair of the trousers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a friend wore a pair of the trousers to like a buying meeting with this store in New York. Do you remember opening ceremony? And they they bought the first collection and then it kind of like, people started wearing it and buying it and like yeah. some celebrities are wearing stuff and I had no idea what I was doing but it's <laughs> kind of we just went with it and um yeah it was like the first collection was so fun and uh I shot it on my friends just in the streets in New York at, like uh boys in dresses and like just I just designed things that I wanted to wear and I couldn't buy mm-hmm. you know as like a queer person like I could never yeah. find anything I bloody wanted to wear so Absolutely. I mean, that was, um, that was always a struggle for me, um, as a queer person, as a, Mm. as a femme presenting person, Mm. you know, like having this battle inside myself of none of the clothes in the men's section says any, uh, does anything for me. They either don't fit the way I want them to fit or they don't look the way I want them to look. But then there was the stigma around shopping in the women's section. Um, there was, uh, you know, there's been a lot of femphobia throughout the years in, so in, in the queer male community. And mm. I think we're experiencing now, um, you know, a renaissance of, oh, of, I was just of gender expression. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> and I, I think your, um, your clothing brand is a part of that. And it's, you know, it's just... It's exciting to see people who maybe five years ago wouldn't have allowed themselves to express to, their to femininity explore. or their gender, um, their gender neutrality. You know, like <laughs> we we all possess multitudes, but there's something so satisfying about seeing a big muscly hunk, <laughs> yeah, in a little skimpy um swimsuit, you know, g string. It's the a... juxtaposition of it. No, it's yeah. so great. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. We've we've known each other for a, a while. This is our first time talking in I person. Know. So I'm so happy um, to get to talk to you. Yeah, me too. I I told you about. Um, I think one of the first. I I, I had seen your designs of, uh, on you know 
a few different people, but when I really like stopped and started paying attention mm. was like I said, that um, swimsuit that Aquario was wearing. You've collaborated um, with some influential queer icons. You recently did an Amanda Lepore collection. Oh my um, God. How, uh, how was it like collaborating with Amanda Lepore? <laughs> it was, it was so I was so nervous it was honestly a dream come true to be able to collaborate with her because I remember drawing her when I was at school like I was obsessed with her and Mm -hmm. uh she's such a to me it was like the most iconic moment of my my career and to be able to to work with her so closely on that and it was just a pinch me moment I remember we were doing the shoot and I was stood with her and I was like I cannot believe this is real and no, it, it felt really And she turned really to you incredible. and was like, believe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she is honestly such an angel. She was, she was amazing to work with. And um, it was so cool to see everyone supporting her and wearing it. Uh, yeah, it was really, really like such a pinch me moment. I think that was my, the, my favorite thing we've ever done. Um, what, what, uh, how do you... Okay. Where's the moment yeah. of of taking your artwork? What mm. inspires like the designs of the clothing? Like um y- you you do your artwork, you paint mm. your artwork and then it gets transferred to clothing. How do you decide sure. like the silhouette you want to do with certain pieces? How do you decide like what's the next piece okay. of queer clothing that's missing from our world <laughs> so realty like I'm not trying to be like Margella or I'm really I want to make really wearable pieces that for me it's always about like comfort uh it, something that I would wear uh something quite flamboyant but something that can be sort of worn easily and not too complicated because I think the prints from my artwork are already so loud and mm-hmm. uh the way we sort of uh do our campaigns and stuff is super loud so I just wanted to make really wearable pieces for queer people like mm-hmm. that's the sort of the what I wanted to do but there is a whole process like with the artwork so my husband actually quit his job two years ago to help me full-time and it's just me and him that designed together um mm-hmm. And we'll just sort of like sit and watch people and watch what people are wearing. And we're like, you know what, we could make that, but it needs to be a little bit different. Or um, it, it's, it really depends, like we'll overlay like a lot of d- different patterns. So we make, I take my, my paintings and then we turn it into a different pattern mm-hmm. and we'll lay it on lots of different uh, designs or mock-ups that we make. And uh, we just like to have fun with it. It's really cool to see like our ideas come to life. And uh, it's it's a lot of back and forth with samples until we get the right fit. And that's really hard to get the right yeah. fit. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it really depends. Like it depends. I think uh, we work differently to like other fashion brands. We don't have a um, like a fashion show. We just do small drops of things. So it's mm-hmm. really nice for me. Uh, I do the same with my artwork to sort of, put it into groups of like a theme and base the collection or drop around like a story. Uh, I think it's really nice for it to have a narrative. Um, So yeah, I kind of, we have lots of stuff like lined up, but we come back to things and 
kind of just like to explore and have fun with it. It's nice that we don't have to answer to anyone and we could just sort of make it as crazy as we want or you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the best part of being your own boss is I don't have to run this by anyone. You know? yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I run it by everyone because I'm riddled with insecurities, but I have to say you commented <laughs> on um, your, uh, your fashion line being very wearable. And that's probably what speaks to me the most, because, mm. you know, in drag, I'm in a corset, I'm in heels yes. There's so much emphasis on color and design, and that's part of why I wear my like all black uniform out of drag. Is I don't want to think that much, you know. I don't want to yes, put that you much. You just want to put it on my... and feel good. Yeah, and I want to look nice, you know, because I mm. might be walking to. Yesterday, I was walking to the drugstore to pick up laundry detergent, and I, I did a meet and greet on the street because someone swerved <laughs> their car out of the road to come say oh hi to me. <laughs> but um, oh my god. You know, so I'm trying to look presentable in my downtime. And um, my, I think my all-time favorite Patrick Church clothing is the all-over-you mesh shirt and leggings combo. It looks so good on you. I love it. Um, I love how comfortable it is. I love that, like you said, it's it's loud. It, like, makes a statement. Mm. But but you're wearing comfortable clothing. It's mesh. And in and I can pair uh, I can mix and match it. Sometimes you I can put layer on, it. Yeah, I put on both things and then I put on like um um you know a little like a, a romper over them, you know. Or mm. it, there's just lots there's lots of ways to wear your clothing and it always makes a statement and it's always very unapologetically queer. And that's what speaks to me the most. And I recently, you sent me um, the pajamas. The pajamas, that's, they're so comfortable, right? They're so comfortable and it's motivated me. It actually has motivated uh, more self-care because I'm one of those people who goes to bed exhausted and I just take off my pants and just sleep mm. in the shirt I've been all, yes. in all day. Uh. Um, now I actually make the effort uh, once I have the routine of like, okay, I got to put on my pajamas, then it's like, okay, yes. I guess I should brush my teeth and take the things out of my hair and maybe wash off my makeup because I'm actually getting ready for bed now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's motivated me to take care of myself um, a little bit better than just, um, you know, flopping in bed with my eyeliner and my <laughs> hair in knots. So uh, let's talk about your artwork outside of your clothing brand. Sure. Um, I watched a video of you on Instagram painting um, a female figure, um, and it looked like you were just freehanding. Um, mm. Do you work just purely from imagination? Yeah, there's never really that much of a plan. I normally mm -hmm. freehand like all my designs because they live in my head and I've sort of lived with them for so long they feel like friends. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I can just, um, I kind of have the idea in my mind of what I want to create and I just go for it. I think that I never feel very confident in my life, but when I'm painting, it's like speaking a different language and it really, I've done it for so long that I just feel like it's, 
the area of my life where I'm the most confident in and I can just I just do it without even thinking too much you know so yeah it's it's all mainly all free-handed um like my get in line pattern you know which is the it's just a singular line and Mm -hmm. it's sort of uh it doesn't stop that's all free-handed as well um and then the words I I like to sort of write poetry uh in the evening I write down a lot of like things that are in my mind or mm-hmm. um and then I'll revert back to them if I feel like they go with the theme of the the painting that I'm mm-hmm. doing and um add text to them it's like a diary I think yeah. you know like a journal I think have you had formal training in in the arts <laughs> uh, my my high school art teacher um really took me under her wing I think she saw mm-hmm. something within me and she even let me paint like naked ladies but I would have to do it in the back of the classroom in a different room <laughs> she was great because <laughs> otherwise you'd get the straight dudes coming by and checking out yeah, your, no the, people would and my school people would be like bashing on the windows like what, what's going dudes! on dudes yeah, <laughs> crazy no but um no I haven't had uh formal training I mean Sometimes I barely think I can even draw. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I was going to say is that um, your designs, you know, they're many of them focus on the the human form. And there's a distortion there, but there's a clear understanding of, you know, of the shapes and the the construct of the human form. (laughs) I did a lot of light drawing when I was sort of, from the age of I think 15 to 18 and then after school as well I kept doing life drawing lessons because I do think a basic understanding of the human form and like the proportions you need but I do like to just sort of play with them and make them more abstract like I love Egon Schiele and the way he sort of distorts it's almost haunting the way he uh his it's the distortion in his work and I love that sort of exaggerating the neck or uh the face I often like block the faces in my work out so that the audience can sort of put themselves into the work mm-hmm. um yeah it's really different or I I'll write a lot of text and then sometimes if I think it's too much I'll scribble it out and rewrite <laughs> it uh, but I like to to not overthink it um and some of the best things I've done have been by accident yeah do you know what I mean who's your favorite artist oh you know um probably I feel like I've been saying Klimt for years, and I just had Amazing. that um, runway. I just really like the. Thank you. That was um, Mr. Gorgeous in in New York. Um, gorgeous Boylesque. Uh, gorgeous by Gorgeous on Instagram. Made a gorgeous That's design. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I really like combining, like, I guess in everything you know in my work, this is true as well. You know, um, I really like combining reality with. Um, the surreal or magical realism. And I get Mm. that from Klimt's paintings because you see the human figures in an otherwise like very dreamlike setting. In an ethereal setting. Yeah. Um, Who who are some um, artists that have inspired you from an early age and who are some artists who inspire you today? I think um, when I was really young, there was this painter from uh, England called Stella Vine and the way she painted people just really spoke to me there would be a lot of like dripping faces and it just really showed the emotion like even when she was painting other people I could just see her emotion within it and uh 
I actually got to meet her and uh, help her with one of her shows in London. And that was like so incredible for me to be able to see her work in person. Um, I really love uh, Lucy and Freud and Francis Bacon, uh, their use of sort of like such intense brush strokes. Um, but I also really like like Francoise Boucher, like Renaissance paintings that like mm-hmm. Vivian Westwood would use as prints for her clothing. So it's so, so many different things. Um, I mean, my dad was super into art and used to collect art when I was growing up. So uh, I love like Andy Warhol and I mm-hmm. still love Andy Warhol. I kind of love the, that he created his own kind of world and his own universe. And I think as an artist, that's what I want to do is to sort of be able to put my work onto any surface. Mm-hmm. It's why I kind of went into doing uh, like interiors, like the room we're in now, it's just sort of everywhere and being yeah. able to sort of play with scale. I think um, being able to play with scale and sort of not limit myself as an artist to, like you said, I've, I've done different rooms and I just did Tiana Taylor's tour bus, which is really cool. And I was able to do the whole of the inside. And I just love, uh, like, I mean, the fashion for me, it's so, it's so cool, but it's just, uh, there's only so far I can go with it, but with my actual paintings and putting it onto huge canvases or different rooms and creating like an immersive experience, I just find really exciting listen um i don't i know as much as anyone else i don't know how all stars is gonna end but if i come into some prize money i'm about to have you come do my my drag office we'll take Darling, all the I'll clothes come and down do it for you. i'll just come and do it for you i'd love to i can't wait to meet you have you spent much time in portland portland Oregon? i've never been my husband's oh. never really taken me anywhere i've only ever been to new york um, New York, LA, and maybe I think that's it. And upstate New York, like twice. <laughs> but no, Listen, I've never Patrick, been. Do you like living there? Oh, I love. I was born and raised here. I always knew I wanted okay. to come back. The pandemic yeah. kind of sped up that time. I've heard amazing things about it. Listen, fifty percent of the queer people at the nude beaches during the summer <laughs> when they're wearing yes. clothes, 50% of them are wearing um, Patrick Church are swimsuits or, or, or the um, mesh designs. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm not kidding. It's, it's all over grinder, darling. And I have to say in, <laughs> I remember so I much felt, joy to see everyone. <laughs> I felt like a huge success when um, people started using pictures of, uh, with the uh, pictures of us at meet and greets for their grinder profile photos i was like i made it i'm on grinder <laughs> oh um, my god <laughs> but um oh you'd absolutely love portland and portland i know already loves you and um yeah patrick church room in my house it, it's what's my house we've got to make it happen <laughs> absolutely okay so we that's will. done we'll schedule that later let's talk yeah. a little bit about meeting your husband and okay um, you you said you um, became sober shortly after meeting your husband. Um, so, yeah. Did that all kind of coalesce? Was that all just like, because I have to confess, um, mm. I quit drinking two months a- after meeting my husband. You know, we were dating okay. at the time. And it was almost like um, I was really nervous because when we met, 
we were going out partying and drinking together. Yeah, crazy and times, I, right? Yeah. And I, like you, had been having the conversation with myself a couple years before I quit drinking. I, mm. I, I think there was a solid year of just okay. thinking I might be ready to quit drinking. So anyone yeah. listening, if you're having that conversation with yourself, just know that that conversation's normal. Um, whether you end up quitting drinking or not, it's always good to have that conversation with yourself. Um, Completely. So... It was it was kind of a long time coming for me quitting drinking. And mm. the morning that I decided, completely hungover, after mm. after going all night, um, I turned to my husband and I said, I think I'm done drinking. I think it's just time. I'm done. And I was worried. And I said, are you going to find me boring if we're not going out partying? And he says... I felt the same I, way. <laughs> he says, mm. I find you most boring when you're drunk. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a great moment for us. And, um, you know, he still, he, he still drinks and he still lives his life. But, yeah. My um, husband still drinks as well. Yeah. But it was the willingness because I know so many people who the idea of dating someone sober is terrifying because, you know, mm. it constant. It, 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 I think it immediately, when you meet a sober person, it's, when I was still drinking, when I would meet a sober person, my first question would be, should I be sober? Do you think I should quit drinking? <laughs> yeah, same. Oh, my God. <laughs> so let's talk about all that happening together sure. um, at around the same time. What was that experience like? Um, so my husband's a little bit older than me. He's a, a nine years older than me, but he had such a sort of, when I met him, his kindness and his calm energy, I'd sort of never been around that before. And just sort of him allowing me to to be myself was kind of shocking because I'd always I'd been in sort of uh, not great relationships before, you know, and I'd always had to compromise who I was and be aware of who I was. I was either too feminine or I said too much or I didn't say enough. You know what I mean? So um, it, it initially, like when we met, I just sort of had so much respect for him and it was he he was just he was and is so special to me and um I knew like we would drink and go out and have fun but he'd sort of been through all that and mm-hmm. um it was just after a while like I could see he was starting to look uh just feel disappointed with me and I, I could see it in his eyes and I'm a very intuitive person and it was just so much, there was so much destruction within inside of me and I just didn't want to put that onto him anymore. And we were drinking, I mean, we were drinking and we got married and I kind of didn't, I'm completely honest, we laughed about it. We didn't really even know each other when we got married, you know? It was just kind of like, woohoo, let's do it. This crazy wild love story. But um, I wanted something sustainable and I knew that I would never, ever find anyone like him again. Like he is honestly like the most incredible human being and I I obviously you you know you have to do it yourself but Mm -hmm. he was a huge huge uh part of me stopping um and it just felt like the the right time so um he was really supportive Uh, but ultimately it was a journey that I had to do by myself you know like it it can feel quite lonely at first but um we've managed to sort of create I guess like uh what we've created together with the brand it's kind of like a love letter to each other Mm. and I really do respect him a lot and he's so incredibly talented and creative um and we do this together like completely I couldn't do it without him so um now it's just sort of about 
uh, taking for me each day at a time and trying to be grateful, trying to be present, which I find very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's definitely been a, a journey. How long have you been sober for? Three years. Um, I, I've... Uh, I, I I have the sober clock, which works really well with me because yes. um, the um, OCD tendencies that I have does not want that clock to go back to zero. I've got three years, one month, I and have 18 OCD days really logged. Badly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, and it's funny listening to your story because... Um, I have such a similar story with my husband, but reversed because he's British. Okay. I'm American. He's British. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. He grew up in the north, and um, he's very, very British. And um, has he made you eat British food? Yeah, yeah. You know, we've gone to. He he loves fish and chips. It's so basic for a British British person, but um, you know, my husband hates the British food. <laughs> <laughs> I I I make a lot of fun of it, but we um we have similar food tastes. He loves American barbecue, um, yes. which I oh, had never been too big into American barbecue until I saw it through the eyes of a British person. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, you were saying it was a similar story. But yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, I'm eight years older than my husband, um, but we always joke about the fact that he's very emotionally mature and I'm very young at heart. So, mm. um, you know, he's 26, I'm 34. We kind of meet at like 31 between the two yeah. <laughs> That's where our middle ground is about 30. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, because I know I, I didn't go through the program myself, but yeah. I know one of the um, principles of the program is not to start a relationship at the beginning of your sobriety journey. Mm. And like, but what if the relationship started first and then it and then it? I feel like you? my relationship <laughs> helped me with the sobriety journey. Absolutely. Know? I mean, I, so much of my drinking was tied to my insecurities and so Same, much of my insecurity. Lonely. Yeah. So much yeah. of my insecurity was tied to where I felt like I fit into my community, feeling yes. like, oh, I definitely have a place in my community as my drag persona, but where does mm. me, the human being, fit into my Completely. community? And f- meeting Michael was kind of like finding at least one place that I fit and without yes. alcohol, without drag, without my career. Just you being able to be you. Exactly. And so it really remedied a lot of the reasons why I was drinking. And, but then I also have, you know, been very honest. Like I can't put all of that on, on you. I don't want you to think yeah. that like my sobriety hinges on our relationship more yeah. so that our relationship showed me that there's things in life that um, that I can love without without substances or or yes. influences or anything cha- helping me love it, you know. Completely. <laughs> it's like, for a long time, you know, going out, being at nightclubs, being in bars—that's a big part mm. of my work. And yes. then, you know, going out and socializing um, just kind of went with that. And 
after years of doing it, I was just kind of worn out. And the only way just I tired. could s- stay out and party was to get shit-faced. You know, that was the only... To get way- <laughs> Exactly. To get Adina <laughs> Exactly. So to find kind of like my place in the world that had nothing to do with alcohol or partying or... or yes. Any of that. Um, it was a huge inspiration to me quitting drinking. So I think, you know, whatever your journey is, um, just make make sure you're being true to yourself and make sure you're Completely. doing it for you. But um, but don't judge your way of getting thing, there. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Everyone has their own way, their own path. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. Now, Many celebrities, many A-listers have worn Patrick <laughs> Church. Do you have a favorite memory? Do you have a favorite, like, um, we talked about mm-hmm. Amanda Lepore, but, like, um, yes. I see in my notes here, we've got Katy Perry, Christina Aguilera, um, Troy Sivan. Um, <laughs> hold on one <laughs> second. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm going to redo that last take in yeah, uh, no, Joseph. Right. I, I don't know why I pronounced Aguilera that way, and I don't want to sound like I was mocking anything. Okay. Um, We've seen many celebrities wear Patrick Church, um, Katy Perry, Christina Aguilera, um, Troy Sivan. Do you have a favorite moment? Was there an especially surreal moment for you of uh, of a celebrity A-lister wearing your work? I think for me, uh, it was Little Kim when she wore, <laughs> I just freaked out. Like, I just remember, like, listening to Little Kim when I was uh, in high school and, like, uh, with my friends. And I was, I've always been obsessed with her and her aesthetic. So for her to choose to want to wear something of mine, it was just like, oh, my God, yes. This is <laughs> so cool. Like, I could not believe it. But, um, yeah, I, I think Little Kim, definitely. There is something, I mean, my most surreal moments in my line of work has been meeting the people who I grew up with and, yeah. and who have who always been there in ultimate, my life. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I've just met you. There's two, and I'm pretty sure I've told these stories before, but I don't mind telling them again. Tell them again. Um, uh, I almost fainted when I met Kristen Chenoweth. Because okay. I had lip sync to her for years. Her voice yes. has always been in my ears, you know. Um, mm. So meeting her, I felt my knees buckle and my vision went blurry. And that had never happened to me before. And then the same thing happened when I met Whoopi Goldberg the first time. Wow. And I think the second time. I think I was still just as like ready to faint when I met Whoopi the second time. Michael was with me when we um, did press on The View. And Michael was so chill around Whoopi. Michael and Whoopi were like hitting it off and <laughs> they oh got a God. picture together and you'd think that Mike, you'd think that you my silent? husband and <laughs> I was kind of just smiling like an idiot. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and you'd think that my husband and Whoopi Goldberg were old friends. <laughs> the way they oh were getting God. along. That's um, hilarious. You know who and, I actually did freak out about meeting? Mm-hmm. I completely forgot. Remember, um, the Scissor Sisters, when I was growing oh, up, absolutely. I was like the I, most iconic thing. Um, Jake Shears came to my studio to borrow some clothes. And I just remember <laughs> like watching the music videos on TV when I was like 13. Mm-hmm. And I fangirled and was like, you know, like I love your videos growing up. And um, I just like couldn't believe he was stood in front of me. It was like so funny and cool. <laughs> yeah. And 
Yeah, it's always so surreal. Like, I shared a dressing room with um, Christine Ebersol once, and okay. it was like, I wanted to, I wanted to play it cool, but she's sitting there humming to herself, and I'm like, this is Broadway legend. Christina yes. Ebersol. This is wow. the woman who originated the little Edie role in the Grey Gardens musical. Yes. Um, I'm not she's very a good voice at playing actor. <laughs> Yeah, I I always have to say <laughs> And to I people, don't care. I don't care because you don't know when you're ever going to get this exactly. opportunity again. Yeah. And if you don't if you don't like make the most of those moments, then what's the point? But Something. I always say to when I'm in a situation like that, I think I turned to Christine Ebersol and I said, "I really want to just like have this dressing room be peaceful, but I have to get this out before I'm able to just sit here next to you <laughs> and yes. just pretend like everything's chill. And so I, yeah. I did the minimal amount of gushing that I could to then like be normal for the rest of the day. But you but got the gush out. I got the gush out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have some compulsory questions that I ask all of my guests but before okay. we get there, that that's a signal to you. We're we're nearing the end. So okay. before we do that though, I want to know what do you see as the future for the Patrick Church brand? That's such a tricky question. <laughs> um no pressure. Honestly, <laughs> it's such a strange one because uh so my husband sort of acts as like the CEO of the brand and I trust his uh, vision with the direction of it. But I think both of us have the same feeling at heart as we want it to remain like unapologetically queer. We don't want, we've been off like asked about investment and stuff, but the last thing I want to do is to lose control over what we're doing because I feel like we're doing something quite special. And I just think, that it so far it's been a journey that hasn't been planned and it's not um everything's just happened naturally and organically and I think um I don't like to stress myself out too much and overthink it I think I really I'm trying to be present and and be in the moment but I would like for it to continue to grow and for us to continue just to be able to do we both love being being creative and being able to to make things and honestly to me it's just shocking that to I never thought any of that would happen for me like you know I, I'm really so grateful like I it would make me cry like you know to I can't explain how grateful I am to everyone uh who's sort of supported us and we, I just want to keep doing what we're doing um yeah. yeah that's I mean that sounds like a great future to me uh two things I'd like to comment on is um yes one, keeping the control, I think, is so important, especially at this time, at this juncture right now, with um, queerness taking up more space in the mainstream. Completely. And as we see that, we see a lot of commercialization of queerness. And yeah. I know in my own experiences, like um, just with mine and Dela's holiday show, that's all yeah. us. You know, we can, we control Complete 100% control. of it. Exactly. And you see people, you see oftentimes something becomes successful and then other people want to get their fingers in it and then it yes. muddies and... Um, and it's not the same. It dilutes what the original intention was. So yeah. it's definitely the harder route to do it all yourself. It's definitely the harder route to say no to people who want to like give you money so that they can get in on it. I know. Um, but it's... It, it's it's the harder it's but important. more rewarding route, and it's important. 
The other thing I want to say is, um, you know, that feeling of you never thought it was possible for you. That so much of that, uh, I, I've been kind of doing the math. We're about the same age, you and I. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so we, we, we grew up in a society where queer people were everywhere yeah. doing everything, but yes. behind the scenes and not getting Completely. the credit, you know? And it yes. was, it was female icons wearing queer inspirations being styled by queer people you totally. know so there wasn't really you know this is a new thing where it's like we get to take up this space and we get to be the ones front and center or our work is front and, and feel center empowered you know and feel empowered um while being completely ridiculously queer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so congratulations, Patrick Church. I mean, honestly. Thank you. To have the reach that you have and um, to have your designs celebrated the way that they are, um, doing it all your own. It's not easy, but it's so, it's so appreciated by me and so many people. And I hope everyone Thank goes. Thank you so much. Of course. Um, it really means a lot. And my cat. My cat loves the reversible throw blanket. The all over you reversible throw blanket. I posted that picture. When I put that throw blanket on my bed, oh, she claimed name. it. Tildy. Um, short Aww. for Matilda. Um, but she she claimed my favorite that throw film, blanket. <laughs> We've talked about a lot of things. Now we're going to talk about some complete non sequiturs. Answer these questions okay. however you Let's feel like it. it. Sounds good. First question, who is your celebrity crush today? Uh, my celebrity crush is Orlando Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> is that like, just your go-to answer? <laughs> yeah, he's so... <laughs> Obsessed. My husband kind of looks like him. <laughs> <laughs> Long-haired Orlando Bloom. That's my favorite era of Orlando Bloom is when he was doing all those like Orlando films. Bloom picking up coffee after the gym <laughs> is my so gray sweatpants. Okay. <laughs> no, like the short shorts with the like Starbucks in the hands. One for me and one for you. Gorgeous. Oh. <laughs> my celebrity crush today. This is so. Yeah, who's random. your celebrity crush? Um. My celebrity crush is all of the um, people who, oh, what is their Instagram? I want to say it's the, it's either the uninspired, unemployed, or it's the inspired, unemployed, or the uninspired. Uh, 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 <laughs> I don't they're, know. They're like TikTok Instagram comedians. They do these ridiculous videos. They're all Australian. You'll have to DM them to me after. <laughs> I <Sorry>. will. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. I don't know. We'll fix this in post. But they're just Australian comedians who do digital content. And I just love their... I love their shit, and they're all really hot. And I'm about to go to Australia, so I'm getting Are into you? an Australian state of mind. Oh, have I love Australia. Before? Oh, I love it. Everyone's hung and barefoot. It's my favorite tour route is through Australia. (laughs) Um, Next question is, do you consider yourself spiritual? Are you spiritual in any way? Do you practice any spirituality? So I actually meditate 40 minutes every day. 
I do 20 minutes in the morning as soon as I wake up and mm-hmm. I do 20 minutes in the afternoon. Practice transcendental meditation. Have you heard of it? Mm. Yeah. I, I It's a bit cold. It like seems a bit cold. <laughs> I was going to say I've heard of it, but like, you know, just through conversations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but... No, I believe in uh, definitely people's energies. Like I can feel energy from different people. And I just like to surround myself with good, positive energy. Like I'm too old to be around. I say that I'm, I say that I'm not good at meditation, but you know, like um, my makeup is very meditative. Um, Completely. um, It's um, definitely a meditative process. I find I find moments to kind of like clear my mind and um but when I actively try to meditate that's when my thoughts go wild you know <laughs> How long does it how long does it take you to do your your makeup It used to be about a two and a half hour process now wow. I've got it down to about an hour and 20 That's just still because quite a long time It's still quite a long time and I always say if I had a superpower it would be shape shifting mm. just to make drag easy like I yes, wouldn't shape shift into course. anything but myself and drag because no more money on wigs no more money on makeup yeah. no more time spent That's the thing I love I love my work but I spend so many hours every week, every month, every year, just getting into drag, I would love to have some of that time back. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I understand. It's the same with painting. I think painting for me is like a meditative process and it's a spiritual thing for me as well. But I have to be so disciplined with it. Like I have to mm-hmm. block out time to paint. Otherwise I don't do it. You know, yeah. I, I'd rather do something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My final question for you is, what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh my god, I actually hate karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, I would say maybe Chaka Khan ain't nobody, but I can't sing. <laughs> I'm really bad at singing. <laughs> but you have such a charming speaking What's voice. What's yours? Um, Stray Cat Strut, Creep. Um, Creep's I've been watching great. this. I it, it I I can I can you know I mean I feel it's like one I of my do that one as well. Creep's a good one. And it, mm. everyone loves it. It always brings down the house. I was watching, I've been watching the show Girls 5 Eva. Have you heard of it at all? No, <laughs> what is it? It's very funny. It's a new Tina Fey venture, but, um, and, and it has great comedians in it. Busy Phillips and Paula Pell are both in it. Um, okay. Um, so it's about a girl group from the 90s who are having a comeback oh, in the middle about ages. It. Yeah. <laughs> Is it pretty good? I need it's, to watch it's, it. I, it. I find it very, very funny. But one of the characters, Wiki, um, she can't sing unless she's winning, you know? And she, <laughs> so she'll go to karaoke as a confidence boost because she always wins at karaoke. That's oh a God. little bit me. I mean, I, I don't go to karaoke because I find myself very obnoxious at karaoke. I feel like I have to win <laughs> karaoke. <laughs> you will win. Yeah. <laughs> the, my last oh. time doing karaoke was um, I sang the share version of ABBA's The Winner Takes It All. And I really put my heart in it. Because... Is it wrong? <laughs> I watched Mamma Mia for the first time like two weeks ago and I just hated it. Like, is I, that bad? I, was I like, haven't even seen on? it. <laughs> I haven't yeah, even seen it. I, I walked out of Mamma Mia 2 <laughs> probably <laughs> because I hadn't seen Mamma Mia 1 but I love Cher so yeah I mean you have to she's the grand high witch um, 
<laughs> so oh my once God. more, oh, the what? witches is my favorite movie, like ever. The original Roald Dahl one is so good. I can I can do the whole monologue, the Grand High Witch monologue, off by heart. Witches for only witch magic. Yeah, witches <laughs> of England. So good. <laughs> we should watch it together. That's we should watch it together. We're we gonna do that to I paint my we, office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to come and paint it for you. I'm, so I'm, I'm not blowing smoke. This isn't just for the We're podcast. We're going to do it. <laughs> and yeah. you'll, you'll have to spend some time in Portland because you'll love it. Yeah, I would um, love to. So, Patrick, it's been such a delight talking to you. Um, Thank you so much said for your having me. Instagram handle a few times, but um, uh, tell my listeners your website, where to find you, where to find out all things Patrick Church. Sure. So my Instagram is at Patrick Church NY and my website is patrickchurchartist.com. And I don't really use any other social media because I'm really rubbish at it. I love I, Instagram. That's the only thing I can really do. I tried to do TikTok, but it's a bit tragic. <laughs> <laughs> like me on TikTok is tragic. I mean, not TikTok is tragic. <laughs> um, and on your website, you can order... Um, uh, tons of clothes but you can also order um patrick church paintings um, um yeah some paintings our interior we've we've got interior pieces and all our new drops are on our website but uh our, our drops like go quite quickly so i recommend signing up to our mailing list on the website because we announced that the drop the day before so you can yeah. get a first pick and a new addition to the website, I now have all of your opera gloves. I have the opera gloves in every Do design. Do you love them? I love them. They're so well made. They're sturdy fucking gloves. You need gloves. to smoke cigarettes and eat chocolates wearing the opera gloves. <laughs> in bed. Any, any drag queen listening who's ever bought those, um, you know, like packaged opera gloves at a costume shop and you wear them twice and they start to fall apart. Mm. Um, such is not the case with it. I put... Uh, I wore a pair for meet and greet, and if they survive a meet and greet, they're good for they're good to go for yes. things. And they're made of <laughs> swim material, so they're super comfortable. So you could wear them swimming too. You can because... wear they're made for the beach, honey. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> Patrick, such a delight. Thank you. Thank so you so much, much for, for having me. <laughs> yes. And thank you all so much for listening to High Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday, so make sure to search for High Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else, and I'll see you next Wednesday for some more High Jinx. Oh. Mom! To listen to High Jinx one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. High Jinx is produced by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio.